Hi, my name is Dr. Claire Allen, and today I'm going to talk to you about change management in the not-for-profit sector. Now, this talk is really for leaders in the not-for-profit sector, board members, it's for CEOs, it's for anybody that really wants to get an understanding of this changing and turbulent landscape. So I have been in CEO roles now for quite some time and I have experienced some uh, dramatic changes uh, within the not-for-profit sector as have many other CEOs who have been around for a significant amount of time. I'm really concerned that uh, people miss the boat in terms of the changes that need to occur in the not-for-profit sector and uh, I have been talking on this topic at a number of different events and um, I've been asked to put together this podcast so that it can be shared with others so I share with you. Firstly I want to talk about my experience in the employment sector within Australia and uh, as uh, a CEO of an organization that tripled its size increased its client numbers from 2,000 to 12,000 and certainly uh, really ramped up our performance. It's, it's a culture which is based on payment of outcomes. So you may get some small fees up front but then you get paid basically on 13 weeks and 26 week outcomes if you get people into jobs. Now in that sector I saw great rationalization. So you went from over 400 providers down to just over 100 providers in a short space of time. You also uh, were able to see in the disability employment sector that um, organizations felt very secure that their contracts would just keep rolling over. Um, <clears throat> but 80% of that business was put out to tender, which was a great shock to the sector. Now, I was able to think about my positioning in that sector, and I I saw really clearly that the government wanted a one-stop shop and that one-stop shop meant that you needed to provide a range of services so that the government didn't have to deal with a number of different providers dealing with a number of different services. And I can see in the not-for-profit sector now that if we're going to be looking at a change landscape which is based on fee-for-service, which is based on outcomes, then that means that there's probably going to be <clears throat> excuse me, a rationalization of services across the board. So that, that means that the number of not-for-profit organizations will probably decrease and that will probably be determined by financial viability. So think about it, if you're not going to get paid for three months or even six months, in some cases in the US it's six months that you get paid on an outcome, how are you going to find the cash flow to be able to manage that? So you have to kind of think about, well, you know, the old rule of thumb was you needed three months operating cash flow. And now we're talking about six months operating cash flow at least. Um, so we're going to see a rationalization in the sector. We've, we've got in Australia right now, we've got age care reform. We've got disability reform. And there is absolutely, in my mind, going to be a rationalization of not-for-profit organizations. And as has been seen in the UK, organizations are going to start merging. And if any of you have had a conversation with any of your uh, legal uh, friends, you will find that they're dealing with more mergers and acquisitions than they probably have before. Because people are starting to think about, well, do I need to have this conversation around 
merging with another organization because it's the larger organizations unfortunately that are going to be able to weather the storms but those larger organizations have to have really good cash flow and they have to have really good systems to be able to cope with the changes so right across Australia now, everybody's starting to look at, well, most people, if they're wise, are starting to look at the appropriate client management system to be able to cope with a fee-for-service world. Because the block funding, you've got your, your main accounts and you've got you know some client management system that uh, is dealing with what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. But what you're going to be looking for is a client management system that can roster hours. It can actually have billable hours. And the reason for that is that your workforce is going to change. You might not be able to employ someone full time. You may not be able to predict your number of client hours that you put out there. So therefore, you need a system that can have billable hours. So you're not going to be waiting a month before you bill someone. You want to see them and you want to bill them because you might not get paid um, for another month on top of that. So cash flow is going to be really paramount. Now, in the not-for-profit sector that's had block funding, that's a fundamental shift. And it's a fundamental shift because suddenly you're going to be having to operate on a really commercial billable hours um, operation. And that's going to be a big change. So you can't have a little accounts team that says, oh, we'll bill at the end of the month or at the start of the month. You've got to be able to bill as the person receives the service. The other thing is it's going to be built around consumer choice. So as an organization, if you've been having your social workers and your OTs and, uh, you know, your client management services and your youth workers, etc., um, all offering services on block funding, if it's now going to be determined in the future by fee for service, that means that the person's got to get in, they've got to spend time with the person and they've got to bill for that service or that time that they've spent with the individual. So that again is going to be a whole shift or a paradigm shift in the way that people do their business. And it's not going to be uh, an easy thing to do, uh, changing that culture. You know, in the textbooks, it says it takes 18 months to really embed in a new culture. Well, this is absolutely significant change management culture with individuals to think about um, billing for the hours. So, you know, now people traditionally go out, they work one-on-one -on -one with a client and they, they spend that time and it's quality time and if it runs over, so be it. But now if it runs over, it's going to be, well, you know, how many times are you covering your wages? So an average person, it could be that you set a mandate that they have to bring in two to three times their wages. Well, if you've got a social work degree, you don't want to go out there and think, well, I've got to bring in three times my wages. But in reality... If you're going to have a financially sustainable organization, that is the paradigm shift. And there's no point avoiding it because that's the reality of the situation that we're dealing with. So I've dealt with a couple of things. I'm just going to go, go here now about what I've talked about. I've talked about the fact that organizations will need to think about merging. They'll need to think about um, acquisitions. They'll need to think about strategic partnerships. That is without doubt going to have to happen. Um, most of the time, you're going to have to have about six months operating cash flow if you're going to position yourself correctly um, for this brave new world because your cash is going to be, um, you know, really important. So you've got to think about making sure you've got cash reserves. Now, 
The third thing is your infrastructure must be absolutely spot on. So if you don't have the right client management system to deal with this, if you don't have the right IT systems to deal with this, if you don't have the right HR systems to deal with this, then you know, do some budgeting, find out how much you need and just make sure you add that to how much money you need behind you to set up your business ready to be, um, you know, prepared in this brave new world. So that's going to be really important for you to think about. Now, they're just some of the little things to think about, but you can't sit there and think that you'll make slow change. So if you think you've got a year, two years, three years, forget it. You've got to start the change today because if you don't start the change today, technologies will change tomorrow. And so you've got to be really progressive in your thinking and the way that you approach them. So I actually, you know, use a business framework. I use the business excellence framework. I'm excited to use the components of that. I believe that once you um, implement that framework, you can start getting your departments to work on um, functional business plans and you can start to build a profile around those functional business plans that start to get people thinking about key performance indicators and reaching the targets that they need to. So you've got to embed in your organization for change management a business framework uh, I'm sorry if you don't like the word business in the not-for-profit sector, but really we are a for-purpose organization that is for-purpose, which means that we make a difference. And I'm going to bring in here, um, you know, Aza Candler, who set up Coca-Cola, who actually said that, you know, it's okay to make a profit, but it's what, what you do with that profit. So it's your moral foundation to build society. Well, as a not-for-profit, we've got no choice but to do that. Now, that doesn't mean, okay, for all of you that have started to think that I'm just becoming so commercially orientated, I am, um, because I know that's the only way to survive. But I just want to say that you can then, once you start to bring out, you know, some, some good surpluses, you can then actually go to your board and say, how about we funding this? There's, there's real need over here. There's no government funding available and we can afford to help this marginalized group. That becomes an informed decision. It doesn't mean that you operate all of your businesses at a loss. All of your, your business units, if you like, have to start looking at generating a break-even or a surplus. But if you then can get some profitability, you can actually start helping those areas where there is no funding or fee for service attached and you can actually make some significant changes with your um, for purpose status. The other thing is you've got to think about the donation dollar. Now I work in a charity that brings in donation money. So the competition for donation money is going to ramp up. So in the UK and uh, you know Australia to some degree can mirror some of the practices. So in the UK the, the the amount of people competing for the donation dollar was significant, okay? So you've got to be able to get out there and compete in terms of that, um, you know, donation dollar. It's going to be really important that you position yourselves to be able to compete for that. Now, on top of that, I want to say that what ties all of this together, which is going to be absolutely crucial for you, is a unique and defining brand. You have to be able to have a unique and defining brand to be able to compete in this marketplace. 
not just for sponsors and donors to define who you are so that you can compete, but for the consumer to pick you above everyone else. And remember that people are going to come into your patch. Private equity companies are going to start competing in this space. So your unique and defining brand and your link to your consumer is going to be ever more important. So your relationship management has to be the best that it possibly can be. Now, in this podcast, I've just touched the surface of what I believe is important in terms of change management. If you would like to attend one of my seminars, if you would like to hear more um, about change management in the not-for-profit sector, then send me an email to claire, C-L-A-R-E, at wordsthatexpress.com and I will be sure to put you on the mailing list and you can get some more information about change management in the not-for-profit sector. Um, Thank you for listening. I am with you totally in terms of this change and uh, may we make a significant difference um, to the lives of people within Australia. Thank you.